this is Hunger and Platitudes. My name is Paul, and I'll be your guide for the inaugural episode. I think the best way to offer an introduction is an interview. Today, I'll be interviewing myself. Welcome to the pod, Paul. Well, thank you, Paul. It's really a pleasure to be here. So to begin, I want to ask a question in behalf of your listenership. What is Hunger and Platitudes? It's a podcast updated at probably irregular intervals, though my goal is to have an episode once a month or so. What's the format, length, and style going to be? Well, that's a great question, Paul. I'm new to this whole podcasting entity, but I can say with great confidence that I haven't developed a style. I suppose to offer some kind of response, though, I'll offer that the pod will largely consist of productions of my own creation. It's not intended to be an interview show or a panel discussion. I don't intend it to be a verbal ralphing up of facts and figures. I'd say the pod is more art than science, more poetry than prose. You get my drift? I do. I do. I've been on this planet paying attention for a while, and I have things I think I can say. However, I don't have any friends, and largely nobody realizes I exist. As such, in this day and age of easy mass communication, I felt I should avail myself of the chance to start a podcast, since, you know, everybody's doing it. That all sounds very well and good. Should we perhaps give the listening audience a taste of what the pod is like? Nah, several episodes will drop at once, so they can try a few on for size and see what they think. It is what it is, for good or for bad, in sickness and in health, to have and to hold, etc., etc. Well, let's shift gears a little. Who are you? Epistemologically, I don't know. Functionally, I'm a human male who was born in Washington and now live in Alaska. Hmm, I see. Very informative, but I think you left out a bit in the middle. I grew up in Alaska. I was raised Mormon. That was a pretty good experience, I guess. Defined pretty good. Well, the fear of the wages of sin kept me from even talking to girls as an adolescent, so I feel secure that I didn't get any girls pregnant while in high school. <laughs> I think my line of questioning is getting derailed here, Paul. How, how can it be? I mean, I'm you. Okay, okay. So, what's your background? Your history? Your story? Tell us about Paul. I'm a man, freeborn, of good report, and well-recommended. I have a few laps around the sun by now. My first few laps as a child were in Alaska. I grew up, as I said, Mormon, which was actually pretty wonderful. My parents were devout, and the social network there provided me with quality relationships. My extended family is pretty much in Utah, and I didn't develop much of a relationship with them. Childhood friends became cousins and whatnot. I became interested in music as a teenager. Amazing. My cousin gave me a guitar, and my mom found me someone to give me lessons. Oh, nice, nice. Who are your influences? I got super into Eric Clapton, The Who, Pink Floyd, and The Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones? You know the Gene R. Cook story about them, don't you? Yeah, I do. It's all garbage. Not true. Not true? Not a word of it. Anyway, in high school, I became interested in astronomy, too. Something about gazing up in the night sky, attempting to comprehend the cosmos, intrigues me. Looking through a telescope at the Veil Nebula, seeing light that originated billions of years ago, it blows my mind. Music in astronomy. 
those were my muses in high school. As you can well imagine, it's pretty hard to knock up music and astronomy. Thus, I'm confident I don't have any illegitimate children. After high school, what did you do? Start a band? Go to college? Work the Pink Floyd laser light show at your local planetarium? <laughs> in high school, I was in a band briefly. They wanted to call themselves Jersey Cow, probably as a way to advertise what type of girls they were into. In that vein, I wanted to call us Waif, but I was outvoted. After I graduated, I went on an LDS mission. Where to? Florida. Florida? Florida. How was that? You know how they say it's the best two years of your life? Yeah. Well, it wasn't. I was constantly assigned to problem missionaries to fix or monitor them. I was actually told that my mission wasn't to convert people of Florida, but rather to save the souls of my missionary companions. WTF over. Joke is on the person who told me that because I baptized a lot of people, though nearly all of them didn't stick around afterwards. I'm fine with that though. You do you, right? Oh, absolutely. After my time as a missionary, I went to trade school where I met my first wife. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't have married her had I known she was a lesbian. Nothing against lesbians. However, they have absolutely no business marrying men. I hope that's not a controversial thing to say. Oh my, there's a lot to unpack there. Are you guys still married? Uh, no. Did she die or something? No. She ran off with the stake president's daughter to Maryland. That's alright though. She did me a big favor. Anyway, after trade school, I went to college and studied astrophysics. Oh, that's great! So you're an astronomer then? No, I'm a merchant mariner. What the hell is a merchant mariner? It's a person who works on ships at sea, carrying cargo for money. I spent time in the San Francisco Bay Area getting the training and credentialing I needed for that, and that has been my career for 15 years or so. It's great. I get to travel, see different places. I've been to Asia, Pacific Isles, all over the Americas. Fascinating, truly fascinating. So, why do hunger and platitudes? Mormonism is, was, is my dominant worldview. A few years ago, the infrastructure of my worldview began to crumble. At first, a few cracks developed, then whole bridges began to collapse. I needed to pick up the pieces and rebuild. As a part of the rebuilding process, I had to do something. Some people write, some people see a therapist, some people engage in behaviors to escape. I began to make these episodes. The addition of the editing process and putting music, sound effects, and clips and whatnot into what I wrote adds a level of catharsis I don't seem to get anywhere else. Some of them I've submitted as listener essays to the Infants on Thrones podcast, such as Latter-day Seafaring on the Old Ship Zion and In the Stranger's Guise. They're a part of listener essay contests they have over there. So as to not keep everyone in suspense, I never won any of those contests. I never even ranked but feel free to listen to them over there. Both of these will likely be episodes of this pod, too. I see, I see. Very compelling. Are there any collaborators? Well, I'm ashamed to admit it, but Google and I collaborate. Can Google be part of this conversation? I, I, I guess so. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Someone needs to know how to convert to PDF like it's some kind of religion or something. I'll be right back. Okay, so... Paul, tell me, how did you come up with the name Hunger and Platitudes? For some time now, I've referred to Fast and Testimony Meeting as Hunger and Platitude Meeting. 
while I readily admit that if there's going to be a chance for authenticity in a Mormon sacrament meeting, it will most likely occur in fast and testimony meeting. But so often, what is said across the pulpit are platitudes, such as, I know God lives, God loves me, or families can be together forever. Not to detract from those sentiments, but the constant repetition of them turn them into empty words, almost devoid of meaning, because they are uttered so often. Often enough that they are repeated without thought or intention. It's just what you say when you're nervous and hungry while standing at the pulpit. The hunger part should be self-explanatory at this point. Well, what about the subtitle? Okay, I'm back now. I'll handle this one, Paul. It's a reference to all the time Paul and I spend together. He's always searching the interwebs for all kinds of stupid stuff. You may think a painting of dogs playing poker is ridiculous, but you should see the dossier I have on Paul. The only way to describe it effectively is endless horseshit. Here's what listeners need to know about Paul. He's like a dog trying to understand the internet. He comes off as all polished and refined, but at the end of the day, he likes to sit on his couch in his underwear, watching reality shows, while eating a tub of mayonnaise. Wow. How do I recover from that, Paul? Amazing. I don't think you can. Can you edit that part out? I can try, but don't hold your breath, pal. Should we just end the interview now? That would be best. Amazing. Thank you for listening to Hunger and Platitudes, a foray into endless horseshit. Amazing. We're mass communicating! Amazing.